This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. The Amazing People Podcast with Sam and Duncan. Why, hello there and welcome to the Amazing People Podcast. Sam and Duncan joining you. Hope you're doing all right. Hello, hello, hello. Sam, I'm going to take you back to a day in 2004. Oh, I was in year 12 at school. Were you? Yeah. I was learning to become a lifesaver. No. Yep. I was Serious? doing my bronze medallion. You were never, ever doing this. You have well, me on. Well, oh, the story gets better. Okay. It got to the final exam, which involves a swim, a run, and a whole bunch of different activities. And I'd passed everything, got to the swim. Now, I hadn't properly swum in the ocean for about four years. And I was a pretty good swimmer at school. I swam out to the first boy. Swam back in, got caught in the rip, went back out to the boy. Swam back in, got caught in the rip, went back out to the boy. Now, I was in first, and by the time I did it for the fourth time and got caught in the rip and went back out to the boy, I was in dead last. I was so exhausted, (laughs) I had to stick up my hand and get rescued by the rubber ducky. Oh, right. Who's, who came out and said, come on, mate, you can swim into the shore. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I've just no, tried it for This me. sounds like a learning lesson, right? It was. I got to shore. I threw up on the shore. And that ended my Lifesavers exam. You're saying the vomit on the shore was your resignation letter? <laughs> it was <laughs> Pretty indeed. Much. Yep. It was a tragic day. But what on that day... I had a newfound respect for Lifesavers. Well, the exciting thing is that we got to catch up with Trent Maxi Maxwell, who has been a, a, a volunteer Lifesaver, then full-time Lifesaver at Bondi Beach, now a firefighter. You might know him from Bondi Rescue, but his whole thing is safety in the water now. And he's an inspirational human being, an he amazing is. person, and you're going to hear that conversation right now. Don't forget to, as well, to our review this podcast, leave a little... Yeah, we say this all the time. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we're not getting the reviews. Team, if you're listening, please just take a moment, give it a review, give it five stars, give it a little recommendation. It's really helpful to boost the podcast, mm-hmm. and it means more people get an opportunity to see and listen to it. Yeah, but enjoy this conversation with uh, Sam and Duncan and Maxie, the lifeguard. Good morning, Maxie. Good morning. Mate, take us back to the day. You're 16 years old. What inspired you to drop out of school and live the dream? Yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a story to it. Uh, I feel a little bit younger. It's actually 14 years ago, so I must be a bit older. That I'm 28 now, so whatever the math is for that. But um, I've always wanted to be a firefighter uh, from two years old, and then as I was growing up. Um, I wasn't the most when I say smartest now. As over time, you realise that different sort of smart. But I wasn't the most academic person at school. Yeah, um, I wasn't a bad kid. I had ADD as a child, so I was always you know couldn't sit still. Always attention deficit disorder, as you know what it is. And um, I got into fell into surf lifesaving as a nipper. And I was looking at the lifeguards one day down at Maruba Beach, and I go, "That's a pretty cool job." Then I found out that it's a council job and you need to be 18 to apply for the job. So at the time, I was in year nine at school and um, going into year 10. And year 10 back then, you can leave in year 10. Yeah, you Unless do. now um, you can have a trade behind you and you can leave. But back then, you do your school certificate mm-hmm. and you can off you go. Yeah. Um, and... Literally, the the funny thing is, because with Bondi Rescue, people think, oh, it's, t- it's a TV show. They think, oh, did you have to audition or acting <laughs> courses and all this sort of stuff? <laughs> no, they film us do our job. I literally emailed Hoppo, 15-year-old Maxie, emailed Hoppo, the boss, and um, 
just sent him, hey, would I be able to come down and do work experience? Uh, the career advisor at my school at the time um, was really encouraging students that were leaving in year 10 to go and do trades and go and work with people. And I thought, why not? I'll see if I can do a week as a lifeguard. And a week literally turned into every Monday for the rest of that year. And then at the end of that, um, Hoppo offered me a traineeship and I was the first trainee, trainee or apprentice to be given an opportunity through the TAFE. And um, the beauty of it is I worked all, uh, pretty much full-time as a trainee, but one day a week I used to go to TAFE and I knew um, you had to go to year 12 or have a Cert three equivalent to become a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that when I was at TAFE, even though it was council time and and it was an opportunity. I made sure that I studied a Cert three to be able to, as soon as I turned 18, I could try for the fire brigade. Mm. So there was other ways around it, um, thinking I was giving up a dream of becoming a firefighter and not doing my HSC, but I found other ways around it and, you know, it took me six years to get in the fireys, but uh, yeah, uh, got in at 24 and I've been there for four years and I've been lifeguarding for 14 years. So people that get a bit confused, casual lifeguard, full-time fireman, on my days off, I lifeguard and... Yeah, I'm a too busy on. person. Hold on, Maxie. I'm trying to get my head around this. So you save people from the ocean, and then once you're done saving people from the ocean in the spare time, then you kick on to your full-time job, which is rescuing folks from burning buildings. Pretty much. And then when I'm having time off from both jobs, I teach water safety and fire safety all around Australia and the UK. <laughs> and I've got a couple of children's books too. So I'm very lucky with the fireys. We work... Full-time fire is 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on, five days off. So on my five off, I'm educating or I'm lifeguarding. Um, I'm still down there two, three, four days a week. Depends if... Um, Amazing. So yeah. you, I mean, Amazing. we're recording this in the morning. It's just after nine o'clock and you have just done a 24-hour shift. Yes, just come off shift this morning. <laughs> you finish at seven o'clock. You've driven out here. Driven out here to have a chat with you. <laughs> and then yeah, what are you doing after that? Yeah. Um, after, well, I actually got the afternoon off, which is good, but, um, but yeah. Like, you going to sleep maybe? Or... Yeah, I'll try and get some shut eye. But in saying that, with the twenty-four hour shifts, we we it's like a second home at the fire station. Okay, um, we're very lucky in the sense of, you know, we've got a kitchen, we've got our recline, we can we have have time to, you know, rest. Typically, you got a fatigue full management. gym, right? Full gym, yeah. yeah. Uh, fatigue management, but um, but yeah, twenty-four hour shifts are long shifts, and you know, we did have a few runs yesterday, and I work at the city of Sydney fire station. It is a busy station. We get up to nine and a half thousand calls a year. Wow. Um, the busy, busiest shift I've had was 36 calls in 24 hours. And most of our calls are lights and sirens, emergency jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's quite a busy station. If you're ever around... Are there still poles in fire Yes, we still... I think there's eight or nine poles at the fire station. Do you uh, get to uh, run down the pole? You get to... <laughs> you get to yeah, you get to go down them. Yeah. Um, Does fireman Sam work there too? Like, uh, it's... We haven't got a Sam on shift, but ah. <laughs> there's a fireman Maxi. But uh, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should train we, up. We do, we do have poles and... Um, if you don't, they're pretty daunting. If you ever, oh, the invitation's out. If you ever come visit, it's not like when you say second, third, wait, first floor, second floor, third floor, the pole or between the floors is quite long. So when you're looking down the hole, with the pole you're sliding down, you're like, oh, oh yeah. it's more than three meters. Goodness <laughs> gracious. It's, uh, they're, they're big floors. So um, yeah, if you, if, you, if you don't do it right, you, you could be hurting yourself. What I'm trying to work out, so you, you mentioned early on that you've always had the dream of becoming a firefighter, but you have, I mean, through Bondi Rescue, you have been, or just working at Bondi, you're on the world's most famous beach pretty much, 
you uh, have a great gig there. You're broadcast around the world on Bondi Rescue, and yet you still wanted to become a firefighter. Yeah, so I've always wanted to be it. So even though I had this cool life of being a lifeguard, working on the beach, being a part of Bondi Rescue all around the world, um, traveling, you know, etc., uh, I knew I would never be fulfilled if I didn't follow that dream. Mm. So, you know, I love being a fireman. It's such a rewarding job and it's exciting. Um, you never know what you're going to face. And as a lifeguard too, you know, the busiest beach in, in Australia, you know, we get up to all, as you've seen the show over the years, it's 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 crazy. Season 15 comes out in a couple of weeks and it's been going for 15 years. Mm. I can't believe I'm starting to get it, getting a bit old. But a fun fact is I work at the busiest fire station in Australia and I work at the busiest beach in Australia. So it's... Good for the resume. Yeah, it is good, okay. for, good for the resume. Let's talk about it. Um, What's been, I don't know, is the term like gnarliest rescue you've had to do on the ocean? Gnarliest um, rescue yeah. you've got to do on the land, okay? Yeah, so um, I could tell you one fire story and one lifeguard story. Yeah. Um, there's multiple lifeguard stories, but uh, really big surf, two fishermen on a fishing boat around the corner from Bondi, capsized, yeah. really big surf up against rocks, um, managed to go around there on a jet ski with another lifeguard. I gave uh, one of the fishermen my life jacket and my rescue tube, the other one. So I had no flotation device whatsoever, which is a big no-no in the emergency world. You always need to look after yourself before you help others. But in this case, these guys will go to drown or they'll go to get severely injured. So got them in, off the rocks or away from the rocks, got them on the jet ski. Um, the guy that I gave my life jacket to had a heart attack three times on the way to hospital. Oh. Um, so he wow. was very, very lucky to, to live, but yeah, made a full recovery. And then the second lifeguard story, um, it's not very often where you spot someone face down, unconscious in the water, let alone, you know, f- spot it, race down in the buggy or the little car that we got, yeah, paddle out by yourself, pull the person in with by yourself with another member of the public on the bank, Start resuscitations for well, res- I resussed him for about 12 minutes. Wow, in the meantime, um, and then putting defib pads on. So we end up getting him back, and um, he made a full recovery uh, a week later. So that when you say craziest rescue or rewarding, mm. um, yeah, those knowing, two. knowing just because there's a bit of surf too, knowing just got to the guy before he wow. submerged, um, you know. He didn't look too good when we rolled him over and, yeah, worked on him for 12 minutes. And Amazing. Come back. And as a firefighter, I've been in a few hairy situations, um, been in a few factory fires, but this one was a couple of years ago. Uh, I was in a restaurant, was a restaurant fire, um, got there and it was actually turned into an explosion. Wow. Um, it was a kitchen fire, but the the people at the place had an, not an illegal LPG cylinder, but the LPG was leaking into the into the kitchen. Right. Obviously, when it gets to the ideal mixture with the oxygen and the, the, the gas, as soon as you get the ignition, bang. Mm. So the two workers were severely burnt. Um, they were already out when we got there, but all the glass, all the the tables and chairs, all the food was just blown out onto the street. So it was literally an explosion. Wow. Yeah. And then as we got into the restaurant, um, you know, it's still leaking the gas cylinder. So the still leaking we're trying to put the fire out and then bang another explosion so while we're in there i think there was about three or four explosions and that was one and then a couple of months ago we were at a factory fire where um yeah it turned a bit hairy i was in there pretty much me and another partner and it just got really really dark really hot and um yeah just got a bit (laughs) 
sketchy. So can I ask, like oftentimes you find yourself in a you know building that you've never seen before. It, it, there's a lot of smoke. You're there with a partner. I mean, how do you figure out where everyone is or, or the way out? Like, like if it turns south, <laughs> yep. you've got to now backtrack. Is there like a rope or a... Yeah, so we, we never go into a building without a hose if you're a uh, fire attack. Um, if you're search and rescue, you still have a hose, but you kind of... You know, yeah, you never go in there without a hose. Um, but with the hose, that's a good way to track yourself back. So the hose leads to the truck. Gotcha. So when people say, you know, how do you get how do you get out or, or you can't see a thing. And anyone that's listening or you guys, if you close your eyes and put your hands over your eyes, that's what it's like in a fire. You cannot Yeah. You cannot see anything. There's so much smoke and the visibility is really bad. So you become really good mind mappers, like you you kind of picture where you are, you try mm. and determine what you do, you kind of mud map in your mind where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you keep the hose between your legs or you, you know, yeah, and you just kind of follow the hose out. Right. But, um, you know, do a left hand search or a right hand search. You know, if you walk into a room, if you just follow the room to the left, you eventually get to come to the door. Yep. Same sort of thing. So if you move in the middle, that's when you get disorientated. Yep. Yeah. And you get a bit, oh, I don't know. But if you stick to a wall, eventually you'll find, hopefully, you'll find your way out. But you only got um, probably 30 to 35 minutes of a full air cylinder will get you 30 to 40 minutes Mm. inside, depending on how much you breathe too. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you... (laughs) Ah, so you've got to be calm. So you've got to be calm, cool. um, Yeah. Make sure you stay fit and and healthy so you can, um, you know, long duration of being able to search and rescue and put do fire attack as well. Gotcha. I think of you doing life-saving rescues and firefighter rescues. And I wonder, is do you have an addiction to rescuing people <laughs> or is there some sort of addiction to that adrenaline rush that you get in these kind of extreme circumstances? Well, it's a, a bit of both. Um, as I get older, I've been in many stressful situations where dealing with, you know, first aids, medical emergencies, fires, car accidents, big rescues, uh, as in firefighter and a lifeguard uh, we do a lot of rock rescues like just a lot of hmm. different stuff um, you know fights domestics all that sort of stuff you, things that you don't think of that firefighters and lifeguards do we do and um, yeah I, I, as I get older I just have more of a cool calm collected head um, try and take control quite quickly reassure people that you're helping and um, yeah I don't, I don't know I just I just love I just love Helping people, but in those two jobs, um, I can give back and, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just a fun job. It's always something I've always wanted to do. and mm, Love it. Um, you knit, like, every day is different. And people that listen to the show, you know, anyone that wants to... I think the firefighter recruitment starts up in April, April or June this year. So anyone listening, boys and girls, we're 50-50 inclusive. Um, you know, we want... Everyone that's fit and wants to do the job, um, mm-hmm. apply. It's it's a great job. Thanks for pointing at me. Then. That yeah. felt really great. <laughs> well, the lifeguards as well. We're always we're always looking for new lifeguards too. Um, anyone out there that wants to be a lifeguard, you know, come down and do the lifeguard tryouts. Each, it's a each lot of August. fun. You make a lot of friends doing it. We do, yeah. we do, and it's it's quite a, a big community thing. You know, it you is. walk down yeah. the beach and you you pretty much know, mm. pretty much know most of the locals and. You know, if you're, a, you know, the fire station, you know, people around the near the fire station, big, big community circles. Yep. 
Now, you're helping people in a new way save lives. Tell us a little bit about Live, Learn, Survive. Yep. So Live, Learn, Survive is a company that myself and Lee Mason um, come up with. And basically, we go around to schools and clubs and surf clubs and all sorts of sporting clubs and see kids and we do water safety and fire safety workshops um, and also got a couple of children's books on the side as well. Max the Lifeguard series that complement from seven to thirteen year olds, uh, fictional series. So when we do these talks, we kind of bring the books as well. So it's kind of like a author talk as well as the workshops. And we are pretty much all around Australia, and it's exciting. I love telling kids <laughs> experiences and and things that could go wrong because you know you're not. This is always something. That you hear, always hear the tragedy stories and stuff like mm. that. So I kind of explained scenarios that I've seen or I've heard to kind of give them awareness for not only their their um, the young life, but as they get older and turn into an adult. Mm. Mm. Um, like I said, and I keep I keep talking, I talk underwater. But um, the classic example is sometimes you get kids go, they live you know, inland, yeah. um, you know, I'm going to Wagga in a couple of weeks, but you go to like places like Wagga and they go, well, I don't like going to the beach or I never swim in dams or rivers or whatever. I go, oh, that's all good. Fair what are you enough. talking about? There's a five o'clock wave in Wagga. <laughs> yeah, They're all about yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I'm just saying, you do get the odd kid that goes, oh, I'm not interested in water. I don't like going to the beach. I don't swim. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah. to swim. I don't need to learn. And you go, well, all well and good. But there's probably going to be a time in your life when you're 30 or 40 years old and you, you'd be in the Mediterranean on a ferry or yeah. some sort of thing. You know, the boat starts to sink. Yeah. Just situations where that people just don't think about. Like, mm. Well, you need to learn, learn these skills because it's not a fear, it's a skill. Mm. And everyone can float if you get taught how to float. Yeah, that's good. Um, last question before we let you go, mate. Yeah. Um, lifeguard and firefighter. Um What's the ideal month that you're looking forward to posing for? <laughs> in the in the calendar? In both. Well, no, you've got no, an opportunity no, no, to be no, in no, two no. calendars the, here, the, two months. Are you true. looking Mr. November, Mr. No. October? Well, I was born in September, so maybe... Oh, Mr. September. Maybe September. Weather's yeah. getting warm around yeah, there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good yeah. part of the year. Um, okay. No, nah, but oh, it's never really interested me, the old calendar. There's oh, been a few jokes. Stop it. There's been a few jokes over the years, but uh, yeah, I don't think I could... Nothing against the guys. And yeah. girls that do it, but um, I just, yeah, I just... Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. I don't even know how to finish <laughs> they that. Raise <laughs> they, yeah, they, they raise do. good they money. They raise good money for a they good do. cause. 100%. So. Maxie, if people want to know more about Live, Learn, Survive or all that yep. you're doing, where can they go? Yep. So if they go to my website, lifeguardmaxie.com.au, um, it's got information about the books. It's got information about Live, Learn, Survive, uh, our goal, our story, um, and where, what, where and what we're doing. Last thing I'll say, we do have Gift a Book, Save a Life um, through the website, and basically you could be anywhere around the world and donate a set of books to disadvantaged kids anywhere around Australia, around the world. And um, someone from the Pennsylvania has nothing to do with Australia. Sent a (coughs) set of books to the Tiwi Islands last um, last week and Amazing. that's going to the indigenous kids at, at Tiwi Island so that's awesome Incredible. that's really cool. cool well it's been a pleasure to meet you thank you so much for having me swell bay white music <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> thanks for listening start your day with life words subscribe to hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au